0: I'm Yvette Walker, the host of the Positively Joy podcast, where we discover that joy is not a feeling, it's faith. You can find previous episodes at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. However you found yourself here, you are welcome, and I believe it was truly God-destined. We are in Season 3, and this season has taken the podcast into the vantage point of what joy is. I'd like you to listen to each episode this season through the lens of how Jesus Christ defines joy. John chapter 15 verse 11 reveals this when Jesus tells us to keep the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Enjoy and I pray you receive the message the Father has for you. The Positively Joy podcast is a member of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here, but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. Hi, Linda and Lorraine. Thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you for having us. We're delighted to be here.
0: Well, everyone, as you can tell, we have two ladies today and they are a mother-daughter duo. And I have to say, this is the first time we have had that on the Positively Joy podcast. And I think it's so great. I love family and, you know, you guys look I just love seeing you there. You both smiling and look so happy. I would love for you to tell your story. You've got a very interesting, both of you, faith walk, and you have a new book out, Miracles on Your Doorstep. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about that faith journey and how you are open to interacting with God every day.
1: Okay. For me, uh, Linda told me about a year ago, she said, you know, Mom, you need to put your legacy down on paper. Oh, no, no, no. Well, it'll only take 30 days. Correct.
2: That's how I got her fooled. <laughs> Hooked her.
1: <laughs> and for me, I said, if I have to put a pretty thing into my legacy, I want people to understand, and especially for generations to come, that I have a deep, deep faith in Jesus Christ, my Savior. At an early age, I you know, I came to know Christ in a very personal way, and I came from kind of a um, background where there were more don'ts than do's, and every time I did something wrong, I thought, Lord, what's wrong with me? Why, why am I messing up? And it wasn't until I was 27, and one day I asked the Lord, I said, you know, I'm not sure where I stand. i just doing so many things wrong in my life. And by wrong, I meant by I would look at the wrong thing or um, I just came from a church that had a lot of, uh, like I say, don'ts from the old church. But my parents grew up and uh, it was very, very difficult for my parents. They, Their parents were very strict with um, uh, the Ukraine faith and there was more of a... Uh, orthodox faith and there were so many things that you couldn't do that it was very little you could do that was right and then my mother began to share with me some of the things that she went through <clears throat> and I said you know mom there's got to be more to to God's love and don't smoke don't drink don't 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 and she she was pretty hung up on the don'ts. and as I became uh got stronger in my faith and walking in the lord i realized that god's love is so intense and so great that how could we how could we stop and think about don't do this don't do that if we make a mistake god's love is going to carry through and when i'm talking about mistakes i'm talking about telling white lies but she'd say did you finish your homework oh yes and of course it wasn't Did you do something? I had a tendency to write lie and began to feel very bad about it. You have to be open in your faith and in your thoughts. And if I were open with my thoughts, there usually was a punishment at the end of it. So I'm thinking, well, God's love can't be that way. And little by little, as I got into high school, I realized the love that God had for me. Um, I was fortunate enough to start going to Billy Graham Crusades and found out the deep love that Christ has. Um, I was pretty young when I got married. I was 19. And um, married a fellow, we had $50 between us the day we got married. And today, that $50 has grown into a beautiful family of nine children. I was pregnant 81 months of my life. Wow. <laughs> That is a well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so The joy, the joy for living is great. And the greatest gift I have is don't, don't, it's do, do get out there and share your smile, share your love for Christ, share what he's done for you. Life is not easy and it has, but only if you think it's so. There were so many challenges in my walk of life. Um, the challenges to me were not challenges, they were adventures, because they're all new. And every time you take a new step, uh, you have to go into it with God's help, because God help you if you try and do it on your own. So going into uh, into the uh, walk of faith, it's easy if you have God's help with you. It's not easy if you do it on your own, and you think about it, you have to step out And there's there's a song that's written, Stepping Through the Water. Walk, wade out a little bit deeper. And I think about that. Take that step of faith. Move forward. Do what you should do. Uh, I think my biggest challenge, Linda mentioned about my being blind. That's not as hard. The challenge was raising nine children. Keeping your, you have to have a set of eyes on each side of your head, in the back. You have to be... She had an extra set. I had an extra
0: set. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Linda, I want, from, you, from your perspective as the daughter, tell me a couple of times about that extra set of eyes. <laughs> oh, I've I got a story for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was an organist
2: and a pianist at the church. And so I was going to be playing for uh, Easter sunrise service. And so you get up pretty early for that, right? So, you know, I was out late with my with friends and one of my girlfriends came, uh, and I were coming back and, and she was spending the night and we're up. It's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. What's 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock? Let's just stay up all night. So we snuck out the window and we were out just, you know, having fun. And, and you know, we, were, we weren't into any other, you know, kind of oddball trouble except when I came back. And as we crawled back into the window, I landed on her. <laughs> I was
1: on a bed, waiting for her.
2: <laughs> we had a few words.
0: <laughs> In fact, I think I'm still on restriction. I'm not really sure. <laughs> oh, but here's the important one: Did you make the Easter sunrise service? You know I did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Mom was just talking about faith, and and I think that's important. Um, because she's had a daily walk and she's had a constant walk of faith with God. And all throughout this book is chapter after chapter of chapter of having that walk of faith. But she just mentioned something which I think is kind of important to your viewers as well, which is, you know, she she didn't consider her challenges to be challenges. She considered them to be adventures. And I think we can tend to think of those adventures up to a certain point when they start repeating and you go, I've been here before, I've been there, done that. And I already know what the end is. So maybe I need a different path. It's easy to forget to be thankful, to be in that state of gratitude, to be in that state of attitude, because when we're being challenged, we can suddenly become overwhelmed by emotions and, that's not the place where we are going to find that answer. Is leave, leave, I don't think of, I can't think of any good decision that was made by emotions. So, so I I make that point only because it it is at that point when we need to simply be still and listen to that small inner voice within us, and that is where we reach for that depth of faith in us.
0: Mm. Lorraine, you said that being blind was easier than some other you know, struggles that, you know, that people have had to walk through. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that?
1: Well, I think being blind is just a, it's a circumstance. And it's certainly something that you can overcome. Uh, you have to have help, don't get me wrong. Uh, it wasn't something that I would, I would recommend. I, that's something I looked forward to. Uh, little did I know I was gonna go blind as soon as I did. When I say as soon as I did, I say um, I had started having problems with glaucoma uh, at 85 and by 87, I was blind. And I knew then that I, said, I don't know who's going to. I didn't think about who's going to take care of me. I was more concerned about how my family is going to adjust to all this as uh, there would be some adjustments made. Being blind is, like I say, is a state of mind. Um, one of my sons came home from work within the first year, and he said he ran into a man that was taking out his trash, and the man was blind. And so he was shocked. He went over and talked to the man, and the man gave him a number where I uh, help could be found for me. And when I say help, a school, and I started the school of blind. Uh, right away and learn to uh, live with the adjustments I would have to make then another adjustment came in learning how to uh, be a partner giving being blind is not just a take it's a learning process just as living is a process and living by faith and I knew that God had a purpose little did I know the purpose would be for this book and I believe that my family has drawn closer to God through this. But I have also grown knowing that my job is not over. (laughs) I have a job. At 90. At 90. Get on that phone (laughs) and pray with those that have worse conditions. I don't consider this bad at all. It's a condition that can be worked through. There are those that can't walk. I can still talk. I can still hear Oh, I am blessed. I am truly, truly am blessed. Do I like this position? Not really, but I don't dwell on it. And that's my, my step of faith.
0: I mean, you truly are counting your blessings and not dwelling on the one thing that was taken away. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I, I think that when we do that, we can focus on, like we said, like you said, focus on the on the blessings that we do have. And I wonder, do you believe that something within you grew after sight was taken away? Do you think that's true?
1: Yes, um, I think the faith is even deeper because I began to wonder, what is it, Lord, you want me to do? Yes, because th- there's a purpose for all things, and one of the things I've learned through years, through the years, give thanks in all things, and I think my hope, my desire is to be a witness of faith and joy to others. I would love to pray with people. If you have it, send your prayers to me, I will pray for them, put them on the web. You know, it doesn't matter. I have a gift of prayer, and to me, that's the most important thing I can give right now. Having faith, of um, my biggest hope and faith right now is um, that the things in the country that we see don't be disturbed by the things around us. Be concerned, but not disturbed. Do not let the things of the world take our time away from or your joy. We give to God.
2: Don't let it take your joy away.
1: Right.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Don't let it rob you of joy. That's hard, though, and I know that you You mentioned earlier that you have Ukrainian background. Uh, I know that you don't have immediate family that you know of uh, in the Ukraine right now, but just having that ancestry, uh, how is this affecting you?
1: I think that I have a deep, oh, deep, deep burden for these people, um, and I look back to some of the stories my Grandmother shared, my dad shared. My dad was 16 when he came over. and uh, They were robbed of their faith, not of their faith, but of their time to worship in a public place. They were robbed of sh- sharing prayer with their neighbors. Uh, they didn't dare talk to their neighbor, do you love the Lord? Oh, praise God. These were things you didn't mention. They were literally taken, snatched from them. And that was one of the reasons they came to America. And to me, but the Ukraine today, they're repeating some of the mistakes. And you know, history it kind of repeats itself. They've had opportunities uh, to get themselves in a different position and they go back to the way that's easiest. And I think that's that's kind of a pattern of life. We take the road that's the easiest rather than the one that would be more challenging
2: or less traveled.
1: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. less traveled. And I think that, um, we have to look for that. It's kind of exciting to look at the road that is not traveled well, because there's something there that God has special for you to do.
0: Mm, Right. So, so right. So let's talk about the book a little bit. Miracles on your doorstep. So where did the title come from and tell us a little bit more about it.
1: well, one day, Linda was uh, sharing with me some of the hardships that she was going through. And I said, oh, Linda, stop. I could write a whole book on the miracles on my <laughs> doorstep that God has blessed us with, literally. And when I say they've come to my doorstep, they literally have, and you'll find that out in the book. Um, and she said, and that's when she said, well, we could do it, but it would take only 30 days. the the whole thing about whatever it it (laughs) took is is literal and if you read the book you'll find out
2: so um my my take on this was uh when i said well so for instance what kind of a miracle would show up and she would talk about you know the hardships of you know an my dad was looking for work and he's in another city and she's having yet another child. And that, that in itself was challenging, too, because even back then, back in the 50s and the 60s, you know, you start having, you know, a larger family. People are looking at you, but you're, you also have an obligation to provide for that. And in this particular instance, she knew absolutely nobody. They had just come to California and somebody left a note on her door and it, and it was, uh, who was it, mom? It was Red Cross.
1: I don't
2: remember. Right now. Right now. Okay. Anyway, it became, they came and asked her if she had prenatal care and she was like, well, this is the fifth one. I mean, what kind of care do I need? I mean, who knows? And she, the, the sense that she felt, the shame that she felt that somebody would be questioning her as a woman, why are you taking this risk? What, well, what could go wrong? We don't think about what can go wrong, but literally this woman appeared at her doorstep and offered her the kind of help and medical help that she needed to get. There's another example of somebody that literally knew that she had no money and and had no food. And they brought a, um, a bag of groceries of of things so she could make food with and toys for the kids for that Christmas. I mean, this is, literally one chapter after another that you, you know, people think about miracles that, you know, God's got to part the Red Sea and you know, walk on water and feed 5,000 people. And, you know, miracles are in everyday life. Miracles are mm-hmm. all around us when we, when we are simply aware yes. that it's there. When we are receptive, when we open our hearts, say, please, God, show me this way, that miracle could happen like that. And Mm. you'll be led to somebody all of a sudden you're talking to somebody. What a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. That's called divine intervention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's
2: no coincidences. No, (laughs) definitely not. So the book literally wrote itself. Mom lives in San Diego. I live in Los Angeles and we would get together as often as possible, but we mostly did this. Remember she's blind, so she can't go back and look at pictures and look at So it's all total recall for her. And, I designed the book so that it would be consumable—a uh, chap, you know—to ha- take a chapter if you were sitting in a doctor's office waiting to see the doctor. Remember that? Remember the day? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're coming back to it, but it was literally 12 to 15 pages that you could consume it at a single time, and it would be a story that you could, you know, consume and then walk away. So the the chapters, literally. I had no idea how long the book was because right? I only wrote a chapter at a time and I would take two hours with her on a Tuesday morning and then go back and research and then story write and then come back and read to her and redraft it. And when I finally started compiling it, that's when I realized I had over 300 pages. I go, how did that happen? I had <laughs> no idea. I never wrote a book in my life. I mean, I, I, I struggled writing you know, assignments for, for, uh, for the English class. So <laughs> all of a sudden I'm writing a story And the people that we've touched, Yvette, the people that have been touched by this, that talk about, wow, I have, I I remember one mom that, um, that uh, sent me the comment back from Jennifer's neighbor that said they had never read a Christian or a faith-based book that they couldn't put down. That's Wow. I've had people go, I consumed this in five hours. I just couldn't put it down. Well, there's story after story, of course, peppered with, if you have nine kids, you probably have a few stories. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's so true, that's so true. (laughs) And it's Miracles
2: on my doorstep because it was hers.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And where can people get it? They can go to our website, which is miraclesonmydoorstep.com and they can also get it on amazon but if you go to our website um it'll be a few dollars cheaper and there's a playlist so every chapter opens with a meme and scripture that has to do with that particular chapter and so in what we did is we curated a playlist of songs that would just simply accompany each of those uh each of those chapters because some of those chapters deal with some pretty tough things you know from Childbearing, child, to birth control, to death of a member, to a dismemberment, nearly of a family member, to wow. to um, some pretty tough things. And through all through all of this, having a spirit of 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 just simply um, divine presence. I mean, I've, I look at her life and go. I don't know that I could have done that. And, you know, I, I suppose we'd never know what we are capable of doing until we are really challenged to do it. But um, I, I'm just glad that I did not have that 81 months of pregnancy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love when you said divine presence. and And it took me back to when you when you told me about the one miracle that we've heard so far. And that's, you know, the Red Cross or whichever organization it was to come by and, you know, you weren't even sure that you really needed that, but something must have told you to, to accept this opportunity or to learn more about it or, or something, because as humans, I mean, God will bring us something that we don't even know we need. Right. It sounds like that's what that's happened, true. That's true. but it was up to you to choose that. It was up to you to, to exactly. accept that holy opportunity.
2: Now, there's a lesson in that one. And I'm really glad that you focused on that, Yvette, because I asked her that same question. What, what did you feel? How did you feel when somebody came to you and asked you that question? Do you need to see? Have you seen a doctor? And she said, well, I felt embarrassed. I felt humiliated. I felt, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, she talked about all of these emotions. And then she said that she finally went to the doctor because then, she she even though she she grew up up on a farm she had all of us in hospitals and so this would have been the first you know that she would have had my dad assisting now think about that one for a second
1: yeah
2: and he didn't pass out he probably (laughs) I don't know I don't even want to go there (laughs) what she thought was some what if something went wrong Mm -hmm. and she'd never forgive herself Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. think in that moment of that 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 self-sponsored humiliation to that allowing God to step in and give yes. you favor. And when you receive favor, you receive favor in a way that, that wipes away the, the ego that we are stubbornly holding our position on stubbornly keeping ourselves going. I don't need any help. I'm strong. Like what could go wrong and allowed her to accept that beauty of joy and did did um, all of your plans go forward with with Delmer, and, and uh, he was born on the day that the doctor said he was going to be born on? Oh, yes. No, he didn't. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, yeah. oh no. Oh, definitely no. did not. It was planned that my dad would be back in, in where they were staying so that she could go have the baby. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were talking C-section at that time. This is natural birth. So he was going to come home on Sunday. She was going to go to the hospital and have that baby. What happened?
1: Well, he went to work. He, went, well, he was working in San Diego. And I was living clear across on another part of the... Uh, Riverside County. Riverside County. And think, Brett,
2: think, of, think 100 miles away.
1: Yeah, about three hours, four hours away. Yeah. And he came home for the weekend. And everything was fine. It looked like it'd be another week. Soon as he left, <laughs> things began to happen. Quickly. <laughs> And um, I just thank God that some lady knocked on my door and she said, how are you feeling today? And I said, I think we better get me to the hospital. <laughs> she says, do you have a babysitter? I said, uh, no. And there were four of her perfect children
2: at home at the yeah. time. None of us could babysit each other. So yeah.
1: and, uh, <laughs> she says, don't worry. We'll take care of it. These are the small blessings. And they literally came to my door uh, on our trip from, um, moving from North Dakota, we migrated from North Dakota, Siberia, I call it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we migrated from there to California back in the late 50s, and we thought $500 was just an enormous amount of money. Uh, it was to us.
2: Well, when you've considered that bread, how much was bread a loaf? Or oh, bread was 10 cents a loaf, and yeah. how much was How much was gas a gallon? Oh, 23 cents a gallon. Can you imagine?
0: No, I cannot imagine. Wow.
2: (laughs) Okay, so $500 by comparison. Sounds
1: like, you know, they've got a ton of money. Well, by the time we reached South Dakota, we, um, we had a breakdown, and that took a chunk of money. Then we were in Wyoming and we had a flash on our big mobile home that we were pulling.
2: That was not supposed to be pulled on those tires, but mm-hmm. you know, hey, that's the adventure we're talking about. Right.
1: And, then, and <laughs> another big chunk what could of the <laughs> And uh, uh, And <laughs> like I said, by the time we got to Donner's Pass, we were looking kind of bleak and tired. <laughs>
0: <and> <laughs> Okay, not everybody's gonna know that reference, but <laughs>
2: uh, it looked up the most dangerous highway in, yeah. in in the United States, Donner Pass is right up at the top,
1: right up at the top. <laughs> wow! And they had they were getting Terrifying. ready to close the pass that day, and the poor state troopers they looked at us. No, all the
2: kids were whining and crying. No, please, mom, we don't want to. We don't want <laughs> they to, stay, want to stay behind. Anyhow, they
1: let us. Uh, they let us through. And, and uh, be careful we, we, with some you conditions, for. we have mutual. Yeah. Care. Be
2: careful what you ask for. Was that an easy ride down? <laughs> no, it was even more. It was even more scary going down dollars past. Again, an adventure. What could go wrong?
0: Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! You, you know, guys. Oh, go ahead. Uh, when you when you don't understand some things, you jump out of faith. And when you're young, you say, "Lord, you're going to have to help me through this because." I can't do it.
2: I have another expression. Anything's possible right. if you do not know what you're talking about.
1: But mm-hmm. I think <laughs> as we get older, we have a tendency to think we're so smart and we could do these things on ourselves our own. Oh my, we need Jesus for the with all our hearts. Yeah. We need him daily, hourly. I, I like that song, the old hymn, I need thee every hour. And, uh, of course, that was my theme song for the my, for for her, my kids. For her paddle. For my paddle. I need the every F-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. You two are a hoot, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> One word that you have said repeatedly is literal or literally. And to me, that reminds me of truth, something that's literal, something that's truth. So I have a question that I want to end with for you. Um, for you, how have you experienced God's truth in your lives?
1: Oh, amazing.
0: How what a amazing. great question.
1: His mercy, His grace. I have peace in my heart. And I think that's the biggest one. I have, uh, I'm confident I know where I'm going when my life is over here. Um, His grace is beyond anything I could explain there's joy that God has given me. Then the joy is, oh my goodness, serving others, getting others to know about God. But the greatest thing of all is I can put my head on my pillow and there's such peace and joy in my heart.
0: Beautiful. Linda, what about you? <laughs>
1: um, I would say that uh,
2: to echo on, on mom's um sentiment, it's easy to forget about God when things are going real good, real easy. And boy, isn't that the first place we want to be is on our knees when things start getting a little rough. Mm. And so I think that it's a daily reminder to just wake up and to give thanks and praise that you have breath, that you have another day to live and another day to serve. And and Mm -hmm. if you come from being, um, you know, having the heart of a servant it makes life a lot easier because when you're focusing on others to help others, you forget about your own problems.
0: Mm, Amen. Ladies, thank you so much. This has been a delight. I've enjoyed talking to you and thank you for sharing um, such a wonderful, really life story full of joy and hope and peace. I really appreciate both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you for
2: having us. Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you for listening to Positively Joy today. Go to PositivelyJoy.com for inspiration, encouragement, and past episodes. Follow the podcast and review and subscribe wherever you go for podcasts. Don't forget to check out our cool merchandise with our new logo. And also, on the website, go to the Talk tab and leave us a message on what you love about Positively Joy and what you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Bye for now.